the help of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God, helping us to say it, helping them to receive it, enlightening us. Father, I thank you that you're speaking to us, each one individually, not just helping us hear what was said, but you'll speak to us individually about what was said. And beyond that, Father, you'll speak to folks while we're in this setting about things I'm not even talking about, but it'll be a vitally important answer for their future, for their situation. We lean on you, we look to you, and I just pray that you'll help me, you'll help my wife to help them. That's why we've come, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, let's turn over to the book of Ephesians, and we're going to get my wife up real quick here. Ephesians, and we're going to kind of do a tag team session, her and I both. Amen. Be the one-two punch. Ephesians chapter 5. Now we go to specific places like Genesis here in Ephesians chapter 5 on the subject of marriage because there's such hallmark bedrock passages. So much in here for us to be reminded of and to learn. And so we'll, uh, we'll read this and then I'll quote you a verse from Philippians you know. And we'll use that as our launching out. So uh, Ephesians 5 verse 21. Everybody make it? Hanging in there today? All right. It says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So submission is to go, it's not to just be a one-way street. Submitting yourselves one unto another in the fear, the honor, the awe, the respect of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the Word, that He might present it to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Do you see purity in that? Amen. Our influence as husbands ought to bring purity to what's going on with our wife. And he, uh, okay, I read that without blemish. Verse 28, so ought men to love their own wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it even as the Lord the church. <clears throat> Excuse me, for we are uh, members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Could I borrow your amplified again? The Amplified of that very last verse, every lady, every wife needs to get it. We pray you get it. Amen. <laughs> left side this time. Thank you. Uh, I'll just scrolling down all the way to the bottom. Wonderful. Thank you. Now there it is. And so it says in the Amplified, uh, however, each man among you without exception is to love his wife as his very own self with behavior worthy of respect and esteem, always seeking the best for her with an attitude of loving kindness. And the wife must see to it that she respects, delights in her husband, that she notices him, prefers him, treats him with loving concern, treasuring him, honoring him, holding him dear. Amen. That's really good. The classic even goes on further than that, right? Prizing him, esteeming him highly. Glory to God. And uh, so that's great. So uh, what we want to talk about today is the, the pillars of marriage. And we're talking about those laws of marriage. Marriage rests, you could think of it this way, on three pillars. Supporting posts, okay? One is sexual fulfillment. One is financial partnership, 
And the other one is what we'll spend most of our time on in this session is meeting needs. So marriage is properly supported under the three pillars. And I gave you that in the handout you have called the core of marriage. The core of marriage. The very focus of marriage rests on three pillars. The pillar of financial partnership. Financial agreement. You know, marriage is the single greatest wealth creation machine on planet Earth. And divorce is the single most creative poverty factor in the world. Divorce is the biggest destroyer of wealth in the world. So anyway, I don't want to get diverted on that. So financial partnership, financial, that's one of the pillars. Sexual fulfillment, that's a pillar. Talking about that a little bit last session. And then the other pillar is meeting needs. What is marriage about? Marriage is about meeting needs. Never forget that. Parenting is meeting those children's needs for guidance, instruction, discipline, all those kind of things. And so we want to talk to you, my wife and I, today about this third pillar, this pillar of meeting needs today. Uh, A husband's needs is not necessarily a wife's needs. Amen? And this is why selfishness is brutal on on a married person. And it's, it, it's not the easiest to meet another person's need that you don't share. I have needs that, sh- that are not necessarily her top needs. We're different people. And so her needs are not necessarily mine. So it takes attention. It takes that pursuit, that effort, that energy, and that focus and love to think about a need I don't have. You know, I don't have to wear a sticky note about my needs. I know what they are. I'm aware of what they are. But it's real easy. I'm not living in her body. So I might need a sticky note. Amen. And, and, and again, you've got to get to know the one you, you're hooked up with or will be joined to because we're going to speak in general terms. But yeah, she's a woman. But she's amber. She's unique. So there are some commonalities, but I need to know. And and this is just huge, guys and gals in marriage. When someone articulates a need, accept it. Don't go, well, I don't get that. Or that seems small. Don't minimize it. If they articulate it as a need, what would love do? Love would meet that need. The other verse I was going to quote to you was Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19 says, For my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in in Christ Jesus. Amen? Yeah, by Christ Jesus. And oh, praise God. Now in the marriage dynamic, we just read in Ephesians, we're to model. As a husband, I'm to model Christ and how He treats the church. As a wife, she's supposed to think about the church and how she relates to the Lord Jesus. And we're supposed to imitate that in our marriage dynamic. So, Chris shall supply all Amber's needs according to his riches. And and right? Similarly, my wife is supposed to meet all where it's appropriate. We, we, We talked about Eve was created to meet needs Adam had. That my wife is supposed to meet all my needs according to her riches in glory. Amen. You know, as it's her ability. So we're going to talk about the top needs of husbands and the top needs of wives. So you ready? Okay, so here she comes with her mic. And uh, let me... uh, I'm going to articulate the husband's needs, top needs, and she's going to articulate the wife's top top needs. And uh, praise God. And we'll have a good time. Amen. So let me scroll down here on these notes I had generated. I don't think you have them. And uh, I may be shooting off the hip here myself for a moment. You know, Proverbs 4, 7 says, Wisdom is a principal thing, right? 
Um, so to get wisdom and all you're getting, get understanding. And I like one of the translations of that word understanding. It says interpretation. So a lot of you men think, I don't understand those ladies, right? We're going to interpret some things for you. <laughs> okay, I'll give one. I know what the top one is. And then I'll, uh, I'll look as I keep going. I know the top two or three that I've been thinking about. So. Uh, the first one, the top need of husbands is not what you probably think it is. It's way up there, but it's not the top one. The number one need of, of a man, of a husband, ladies, is respect. It's respect. Wired into the heart and the mind of every man is a need for respect. A need for honor. You know, when you, when you think about relating to the Lord... Uh, the Bible talks much about honor. Honor is the place of God's habitation. God, it says this in the Psalms, Psalm around verse 26, it says that, uh, that God inhabits an atmosphere of honor. And remember, husbands are in the role. Let me say this to you. Marriage is not about rank. You just make a mistake if you make marriage about rank. I'm the husband, I outrank you. You don't really see that dominated in Ephesians 5. What you see articulated is my role and her role. So marriage is not necessarily about rank so much as it is about role. God didn't take the, the heel bone out of Adam and make Eve. He took the rib and she stood at his side. Now, I am the leader. I am the leader. But how does Christ relate? He does Everything He does is for the benefit of the church. It's not about Him. Amen? And He has a role. So, but if you, if you know anything about the Lord, if you don't get honor right, you're not going to strike the right chord with our Father. Well, ladies, understand, the great heart cry, He probably won't articulate it because most of us are macho and immature and we're not going to say it, but we have a deep need for respect. And so that's the number one need that wives need to be ongoingly meeting. Amen. If he is respected and regarded and honored anywhere, it should be from his wife and in his home. Really, you see this instruction, husbands, love, love your wives, love, love, love your wives. Never once, never once in that passage are wives instructed to love their husbands. Now, don't get me wrong, we like love. But we have love communicated to us on a different wavelength. Men receive the message of love through the conduit of honor and respect. So if you are in the habit of demeaning and belittling and being domineering, uh, overly nagging, condescending, controlling, you are, you are chipping away at his inner self-image. Because I, I, I didn't marry a mommy. I don't, I, don't want, I don't need her to be my mommy. I need her to be my bride. So the number one need, she, it says honor, reverence, see to it, it said. You prize him, esteem him, talk him up. Amen? So I might have some more to say to that, but go ahead and take the woman's top need. <laughs> okay. Well, and like you said, we're all different, right? We're all different. So what I need is not necessarily, you know, these are not necessarily in order. Um, but I think, I think God has a sense of humor sometimes, doesn't he? Because our needs are, like, I'm, none of my top needs here are going to be match his top needs. Right. So, and so God's like, yeah, let's see them work that out. <laughs> you know? But what I found, you know, a happy marriage, it's not about you. Right. That's it's right. about it's about serving the other person. So 
But the, for the wife, I would say, you know, in um, Ephesians 5, 25, as you read, it says that the husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So how did Christ love the church? He he sacrificed, right? Mm-hmm. The, the top need, I would say, for a lady would be security in a marriage. She needs to know that she's going to be taken care of. Amen. And and Christ gave himself. He gave, he gave, so to the death, right? To the death. You're going to provide for your wife. Um, One of those, this financial provision. It's not really about who makes the most money. Mm -mm. Okay. But I can just tell you, it's not, it won't sit well with your wife if she's out working and you're not. You know, they're, they're, that doesn't typically work like that. Um, you know, that law firm, sorry to interrupt, the law firm actually did a study on that and the divorce rate among couples where the guy stays home and the wife works is 97%. Wow. 97%. That's not going to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's so it's not about like I make more or he makes more, but if that if the man's out working and doing everything he can to provide for his house, isn't that in First Timothy mm-hmm. five eight? He who does not provide read for it his on day own Monday. House. Yeah, yeah, you've denied the faith. You You're worse faith. than an infidel. Right. Absolutely. So so the wife needs to know that she she's secure in that, and it's, and it's a big deal. Men can get to, and there are seasons, there are seasons, right, where maybe the man does have to stay home or he's, he's lost his job or something. But overall, the man needs to be out there providing for his house. Um, and there's going to be, a wife will be insecure if she knows everything, the financial state of the marriage is dependent upon me. Okay, the wife will be insecure in that. Um, so it's a big deal. And part of the uh, security also would be to protect and defend Protect and defend. Protect and defend. Um, I know men, it could be, not you guys, of course. Yeah. But um, other, other, other people. Other folks. Other people. You know, it's funny to sit around, let's make fun of our wives, or let's, or, you know, or someone poke a, a joke at your wife and sit there and laugh. Well, that's not funny. No. It's not funny. You know, a man's job, a husband's job is to protect and defend his wife. Amen. And so I would say security. Security. So honor, respect, and security. Huge. So striking those chords, you know, ladies, on on the honor and the respect. The second one for men is sexual fulfillment. Sexual fulfillment uh, in marriage. And um, ladies, don't let that intimidate you. Don't let that intimidate you. And, uh, you know, I've got notes and handouts, and we may have the the full sex talk tomorrow and all of that. Uh, But, um, you know, what is sexual fulfillment to most men? Well, when, when, when men are asked in private settings, what equals sexual fulfillment to a man? The number one answer men give, husbands give, is knowing or having confidence that she is fulfilled that she is engaged and receiving and being pleased, right? Because no husband sexually is going to feel fulfilled if he doesn't know and sense that she's being fulfilled. That's exactly right. I, I, I don't, not that I have these conversations. Speak for me. I, I wouldn't go away feeling great just... If, if all the vibe coming off of her was, I'm glad you were happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not walking away. Fulfilled. So sexual fulfillment for a husband, a good, sincere, right-thinking man, is to know that she is being fulfilled herself. That's fulfilling. Knowing that she is engaged, happy, and is, is enjoying that relationship. And uh, wives, don't ask, this, this thing goes both ways. I'm also often wondered with the Lord, Father, you know, we can, we humans, we can sync phones, we can sync data across devices. 
I mean, you're a brilliant God. Why, why can't you sink the sex drive of a husband and a wife? You know, I, I don't understand how this works. And, and I finally figured this out. You know, because men's sex drives peak in their 30s, typically. And a lot of times, a lady's sex drive doesn't really get revved up going good until their 40s. I'm like, well, why couldn't you just mate those up? Where we're peaking at the same time. And I figured out it goes back to who is God? God is love. God is love. And He's designed even our physio, even our drives and the way we please, all of that. Uh, we're not going to be able to do it right if we don't serve each other. That, that's why, that's why, that's the answer to that. Is that, is that for my wife, I have to serve her and she has to serve me. When I don't feel like it, I feel like it. When she doesn't feel like it, she stirs herself up. Amen? But it's just a huge, huge thing. And a lot of ladies I know, they want their, um, their husbands to be much more emotionally connected and engaged and communicative with them. But the way, they don't understand, ladies, the way you unlock, the way a man, a husband emotionally connects to his bride is through the sexual act. That, that act opens him up emotionally. So if you want him to be more emotionally connected and engaged, meet his sexual need. When, when, when if busyness gets in and things get in and there's too much separation between Amber and I and ours, then I literally start feeling... I'm not less committed, but just from an emotional point of view, less connected. Right? Now, this thing flips around, and I'll turn it back to her. Um, many husbands, they want their, their wives to be more sexually engaging, open and passionate. But guys, you have to understand what unlocks that aspect for her is the emotional connection. That's the way he set it up. So if you want her to be more engaging, you, you know, you just can't be mean and short and neglectful all day and then expect her to forget about all that and be passionate physically. So if you will sow the seed of emotional connection and communication and intimacy, what? Oh, I'm starting. I'm, I'm I said, getting on her don't stuff. go preaching my point. Okay, so I'm done. Well, I don't know what you have down there. Yeah, go ahead. Take it. No, I'm done. I, I am. That, that, that's sexual fulfillment. Huge for your husband. Top, one of the top needs. Okay. The top two, I would say, pri is priority. We've already touched on that a little bit. Um, but where, where does your wife, or think about your future spouse, where does she fall on your priority list? Okay, uh, because aside from God, she needs to be number one. Yep. She needs to be number one. And that's before your friends, and that's before your hobby, that's before your job. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can't, and he, he said a lot of this earlier, but you can't go to work all day long, give out, give everything, give everybody your, your positive attitude and your effort and all that, and then come home and... You know, you've given everything else out to everybody else and left nothing for her. You know, she can't be your personal dumping ground. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, don't, don't give everybody your best. Yeah. You don't want her to say to you, you know, you give everybody else your best, mm -hmm. but I get your leftovers. Okay. Yeah. Because your wife needs to be your number one priority other than God. Amen. And I would... I would say even before the, the call or your calling, because that's the primary relationship um, in your Absolutely. life. And if that's not if that's not going well, like you said, it's it's yeah, it's not going to work out for you. So right. um, don't give your best to other people, and yeah. then come home and then be a grouch to your wife. Amen. Yeah. So priority. You know, we, we we talk a lot about our call in our camp, and we should. Um, but remember, to qualify to go from called to chosen, we have to get family right. If we don't do family right, not doing family right is disqualifying concerning the call. So if you want to help your call, 
you, you make sure that relationship is right, is first. There have been times, haven't I, you know, hopefully far rem- farther removed. I remember you saying something. Yeah, yeah, some I, I did. I didn't want to act, point you it out that ahead. I said it to <laughs> I, I was told trying you, not tell to it. do that. But no, and it's been a long time. It's been a long time. But there was a season where I just, you know, he was not, I wouldn't, he wasn't being mean at home, but, you know, he's come home after dealing with people. You know, I see him at church. You see, you know, this is especially in ministry, but any job that you have, you know, your, your spouse observes you in the situation with other people, sees how happy, how conversational, how engaged and excited to talk to other people and all that. And then you get home, and there were times that I thought, man, he's nice to everybody else. You know, he's, he's all up and positive and all that. And then it, you know, comes home and it's not that, you know, is drained, mm-hmm. you know. I'm having to be the one to prop, you know, to, to, but I mean, so I did say that one time, but I mean, it's been a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, you had a right to say that, you know, and you know, I can appear all bubbly, but when I, you know, I don't always feel like being pastoral, but I've learned to, to do what I need to do. It's not being fake. It's, it's fake it till you make it. I mean, it's just make yourself act in a way that your flesh doesn't feel like at that time. Well, what I have to learn is if I can do that with them, then I can and should do that for her and for my kids at home. Yep. Very good. Amen. Okay, now you you kick me in the side or something if I start touching on your ground. So, number one is honor and respect for the husband. Wives meeting that ongoing need. Number two is the sexual fulfillment aspect of it, keeping that right. And, uh, you know, you have to, don't let it be taboo. You have to talk to your mate. What, you know, uh, Amber and I, we talked about these things before we got married because I know she could live with a book and a good magazine and the Holy Ghost by herself on an island in solitary confinement, and that's vacation for her, right? I always say, I know Amber loves me, but she doesn't need me. Right, well, and, and the way her home grew up, you know, they weren't all huggy, you know, her and mom, touchy-feely. Well, and this is, it's, this is not necessarily generalized to a lot of men, but it is super true for me. And that is, I have a, I have a big need for physical, non-sexual, physical affection. Right? And she's not, you're not that way, are you? You're, that's not your point. No, I'm getting there. Is it your point? Okay, so anyway, it's just a big deal for me. Man, this is not going as I envisioned it. All right. The third top need for the average guy is recreational companionship. And uh, why did he marry you? Well, you at least showed him you faked it. No doubt you started doing things in your courtship that maybe you... Wouldn't have done. Maybe you went uh, uh, to a ball game with him and you act like you had a good time. You know, or you, you, you engaged, you, were, you made yourself a part of something that he enjoyed outside of work. You know, and, uh, but then when you get married, if you stop that, you know, I, I want her to be my friend. I want us to do things together. And for her to, to, to be willing to step into my world and do something that she doesn't necessarily, she wouldn't sign up for on a day off, she wouldn't plan it that way. But she, she did it to be with me. Is thrilling. Thrilling for a husband. And, uh, you know, a, a husband, everybody's working hard, but when a husband works so hard and we have such little recreation time, and if I only can do that separate from her, she's not interested in that, it, it takes away. It can be hurtful. So you guys have, and, and you have to find some things that you can mutually enjoy doing together. So get into his world and, uh, and engage with him in, in some sort of activity that he calls fun. He may, reg- he may regret asking me to do this section with him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go ahead. No, you do great. Okay. Well, 
he said the, the guy's number two was sexual fulfillment, right? The, the lady's number three, I would say, is non-sexual affection. Uh-huh. And he's, don't, don't listen to anything he just said about needing all that. Um, because most, you know, a lot of guys are like, what's that? What's, what's non-sexual what's, what affection? What is non-sexual? I don't, I don't, I don't even I don't get that. I know what that is. Um, <laughs> Like what? What's the point of that? <laughs> what's the point? What's the point? That's right. But it's not that way. It's not that way for most the, ladies. For yeah. most ladies, and I like he quotes a a statistic or a study um, sometimes about this about where you know the rankings of different desires or whatever, and and for the ladies. Sex ranks number 13. It's after gardening, okay? Yeah, they named, before they got to sex, there were it was 13, yeah, yeah. and it was after gardening. It was after gardening. Now, I don't know about the, you know, the legitimacy of all of that, <laughs> but it's not number two. That was discouraging. It's, it's yeah. not. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. I'm just going to speak. I think I can say for most people, ladies, it's not number two. It's not number two. No. And so sometimes we just want to just, you know, put your arm around her. Just hold her hand. And that's it. You know? <laughs> Don't. We, it's, there's something like, we want to be able to do that and not think, okay, they're just, they're just buttering me up for something else, you know? That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like there's to be you do that sometimes that without any expectation of other things, right? Like that hug shouldn't always have to lead to something else, right? Okay, so yeah, when she asks you to scratch her back, that's what she means, you know. <laughs> that's, that's all she means. That's it. It's not a veiled invitation? It's no. No, it's not. We don't. That's, that's no. There's no code. No code. Which is confusing for husbands because ladies talking code all the time. But you're saying but not, not in there. this area. No, not there. <laughs> so that's, that's my number three is, is non-sexual affection. Yeah, my wife talks like this. She says... The trash is really full. That's not what she means. She means get up right now. I no, I don't. Sometime. Get up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're saying non-sexual physical affection is a yeah. big deal. It is. Amen. For the ladies. Yeah. yeah. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Write that down. Sticky note, right? <laughs> Amen. So for the guys, I've talked about honor and respect being paramount, sexual fulfillment, recreational companionship being his friend, and the fourth one is domestic support, or I like to call it help at home. Help at home. You know, I, <laughs> we're doing these offices at, uh, at, uh, at church, finishing in our office wing, and just different things. There have been occasions where I wanted to take the lead in making a space homey. And I just can't do it, y'all. I, I just try, I get it to where, and I pick out something that, the, oh, I, 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 even I, for me, would like it. And I can't do it as well as she can. And uh, there is just something to a lady's anointing and grace and ability to make a home, to make a living space a home. And in men, we need that in our lives. Uh, I do. A husband needs help at home. And it's an expectation. Now, I don't expect her to do everything. And my mama trained me right. I hope you could say that of me. I'm pretty domesticated. You know, I, I can wash dishes like nobody else. And and I don't mind taking out trash. I'm all about the floors. I can fold laundry. I know how to fold towels. There is a way to fold towels and a way not to fold towels. Is that right? On the long edge, triple down. Yeah, I mean, I know how to do that, but 
I'm so grateful that our home is a home and there's a flow at home. There's peace at home. There's order at home. There's, there's, there's things that because she works at that. And it's, it's just a huge need I have. And I, I am very engaged with the kids. I, I try to be. I, I hope that you would say that I'm, a, I'm an engaged dad. But I rely. I do. I, I rely. She is so on it with our kids. She, she's in the flow with them. She's engaged with them. She, she, she's taking the lead in homeschool. And, uh, and I just it's just a huge need. I would feel very different about the overall flow of our marriage if, if I didn't have that help at home. I'm not a guy that pounds my fist. I did come in a few years ago and make a decree. It's very rare for me, but I just did. And I said, I don't cook. Just know it. You know, for me, we have a two-acre place and then we have a 13, we have 15 acres that we take care of. And in the growing season, you know, I'm out there, I'm working, doing everything, and I'm keeping all that up. And me and Rex, and I just, I'm not good at cooking. I don't like to cook. And now I, I did, but I don't, I don't expect a four quart, five course meal ever, you know, whatever. I said, I'll buy. I will buy. I'm not expecting you to wear the apron and cook every meal, but I don't cook. You know, it's just, and I've followed through on that pretty much, right? I, just, I don't cook, but it's a huge need for husbands, ladies, is it? The Bible calls the Proverbs 31 woman. She is the manager. She is the queen. She is the... And I, I try to respect that. Where does the couch go? Where she wants it to go. Yeah. You've done that a few times. You've put things in places, and then I came in and, and changed it. <laughs> I don't know how you, how you do, but uh, you just... Man, like I've just done my office, and I like how my office at, at work is coming along. But I almost wish I... Now, I almost wish I would have just said... Design me an office. You know what I mean? So anyway, help at home. Okay. The fourth one for the lady is communication. We, and I'm, I'm not a big talker, you know, I'm not a big, I don't have to have lots of conversation, but, but most ladies, communication is one of those things. And that seems to be an issue for some men to communicate. That means you're going to have to actually talk to your wife. <laughs> you <laughs> That's know? right. You have to talk to her. And it's not, um, you know, guys think they're talking if, you, if they're asked, how was your day? And they, well, it's fine, you know. It's good. It was good. Who did you talk to? Oh, you know, the Nobody. same people. You know. I'm just yeah. Are you answering for me? I'm no, answering. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know. And so, but <laughs> we want to know, we want to know the specifics we want to know the rundown. Now, don't hit them right when they walk in the door. They may need a few minutes to uh-huh. just, just calm down and, and decompress. But we want to know everything, right? We want to know who you talked to, what did you talk about, did you go to lunch with somebody, where did you go, what time did you get back, how long was your day? You know, we want to know everything, right? Yes. That's right. And so communicate, and that's how we connect. And communication... It's not communication if you're, if you're looking at your phone That's right. while you're talking to your wife, you know. Or if you've got one eye on the TV that could, because the game is on. That's not communicating. Because we've had conversations while he's, wait, I'm just picking, because you don't normally do this, so I can kind of pick at this, right? But y'all will, a lot of you will know what I'm talking about. The game's on, so they're watching, and you're trying to have a conversation. They're giving you words back. (laughs) (laughs) They're giving you words back. But, you know, I'm just like, I could say I'm flying to the moon tomorrow. And, uh uh-huh, yeah. Really, that's neat. That's neat. You know? So, communication, that's, that's it. So, give her your undivided attention. I mean, put everything down. Look at her in the eyes. You know, whatever you have to do to focus. Um, and listen to hear, but not to fix. Yeah, I knew I'd get some amens on that one. one. That's a tough one. Because men are fixers. And sometimes men will listen, but the only point of the listening, they're listening to see how they can offer the solution to the problem. And sometimes we don't want you to fix anything. We just want to tell you about it. Yeah. And so... Does that make sense? That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) 
Congratulations to the ladies. <laughs> it just doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it, if you're unsure if they want it fixed, then just ask them. And they'll tell you. And sometimes I'll do that. I'll say, now are we, am I listening to listen? Am I listening to help you fix something? No, just listen to me. Okay, I can just, do that. Just listen. Just listen. Um, because that's, that's a big deal. Because a lot of times you want to feel like, okay, if you can vent to anyone, it should be your spouse. Mm-hmm. Not that we should just get down in the critical nitty gritty of everything. Right. But sometimes we just want to, express some emotion or feeling about a situation, but we don't want them to, you know, depending on what it is, they could get all riled up and, like, want to go fix the situation, you know, and we don't want that. We just want you to listen. That's it. We just want you to listen. So, but I would say that us as ladies, we have to know there is a limit. There's a, there's an attention span limit. <laughs> and y'all know this, it's like when you take men shopping. Now, he'll go shopping with me, but I know the limit. I know. You can see it in their eyes. When you're starting to lose that attention. We took, it's funny because we took Rex, our son. Well, we didn't, but the girls and I, my mom and my daughters, we took Rex and I to the mall. Now he asks us, how long, what, where are we going? How many stores are we going in? You know, how long are we going to be there? Because one time we took him to one store. We had to pick out some T-shirts for, there was a birthday party for some girls. So it was just T-shirts in there. But they had sayings and stuff on them in different colors. We took him in there, and we were in there for a long time. We, You know, we were like, okay, I think that shirt, (laughs) that color would look good on her. You know, that color would get on her. And then that, what that says, that kind of represents her well, this girl. We had to do that for a couple different girls. We get them all picked out after a long deliberation. And we're walking to the register, and we see this stack of other shirts we hadn't looked at. We're, oh, wait, look. At, and Rex is like, come on. How long does it take to pick out some shirts, you know? <laughs> He's like, just go in and, okay, there's that shirt, and let's go. So it's like that with men in talking to them, you know, they're, they're being, give them some, give them some credit, you know, give them some, thanks for listening to me, you know, but don't, you don't have to drag it out for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So communication. Yeah. Amen. And uh, guys, when was the last time you went into a, like a sports restaurant and uh, heard a bunch of guys uh, sitting around a pizza? Talking about their feelings. <laughs> never. Never, never. Never did you hear that brother say, and how did that make you feel? <laughs> but we want to know. But, but this is the thing. As much as a lot of times our ladies in the sexual arena feel stretched beyond their comfort zone, understand, guys, you are as emotionally modest and protective as she is physically modest and protective. And I said to the lady, you don't get, I said to all of it, you don't get to be married and not be sexual. Well, guys, you don't get to be married and not talk. And that, that could have a bearing on how your night goes. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly, yeah. And so you don't get to be married and not meet this real deep need she has for emotional connection that comes through real communication that goes beyond sports scores and the news and the weather of the day, but to really talk about how to, and a guy needs a safe environment for that. If he thinks, if he tells you, I'm scared of, you know, ducks, whatever and he he divulges that inner secret I'm scared of ducks and he hears you the next day telling your mama guess what my husband told me last night he's afraid of ducks well then you're you're he's right that's like a lady opening herself up physically and you don't handle that right was she done with that you just forget that so 
But communication is a big deal, and you owe it. We owe it to our, to our spouse to do that. Amen. So the next need that I would say, top needs in, in studies and reports and my own life human experience, is physical attractiveness. Amen. Physical attractiveness. Now we know that our marriage uh, is a lifelong commitment, and our bodies change. And so there's, there's reality. But it is not wrong for both spouses to have a reasonable expectation that you're going to keep yourself physically fit. Right? Because we, how, we married someone that we were very physically attracted to. And physical attractiveness is a top value for most husbands. And, uh, you know... I'm sure that my, I know that uh, Amber would have really experimented with a lot of different hairstyles over the years than she has, but she wears her hair to suit me. And our hairstylist goes to our church, and I have told her, I put the fear of God. There is a limit. But see, a lot of ladies that get married, and what we call the marriage curse, you know, immediately the, the hair goes bob. It just goes, Bob, cut. I'm done standing in front of the mirror. I got my man. I'm just done with all that. I'm going easy now. The Bible Bible says that a lady's hair is a glory to her. I'm just talking about one thing. But but amen. And it it goes true for guys. You know, it's not fair to just let yourself go. What Dr. Only Dr. Frank say, even a, a farmer puts a coat of paint on a barn every now and then, you know. But, you know, dress up. Don't, you know, you don't have to be all dressed in the nines all the time around your mate. We, that's not how we roll. But it's just, I know for me, physical attractiveness, maintaining a certain degree of that is important to me. It's important to me, and so that's a need that husbands have. The only other one I have written down here is leadership. The wife wants leadership in the home. And that's what the man's job is. I mean, that's, that's his role in the home is lead, to be the leader of the home. But we need a good leader. You know, we need a good leader for the, the family, for the kids. Um, it's, I'm sure you've seen it in your church and in other churches you've been involved with. And we see it in our church. That it's just a fact that a lot of homes, the ladies having to take that role yeah. as being the, the leader Especially spiritually, spiritually. Yeah. in the home. Yeah. And somebody's got to do it, right? Somebody's got to do it. If anything spiritual is going to happen in the home with the kids or any. So the lady will take that place, but she shouldn't have to. No. The, the wife wants the man to be a godly leader of their home. Um, so to be an example. And I would also say, you know, leaders recognize giftings in other people. So your wife is not there just to be a tag along. Right. Right. She has things in her yeah. to contribute to the family. And um, she's your partner. She's your partner. She's not your employee. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, and a lot of men, they want to be entrusted with it and to be cheered in the decisions that they make. But there's a lot of men in our church that we've seen, their track record in being accurate, in being led by the Spirit is terrible. It's terrible. And it's no wonder the wives are gun shy and, and sort of live with their break on because his track record is terrible. And so one of the things I think I could say, I have made some bad decisions, but overall, the overall arching direction of our life, we do things together, amen, but we have made good, accurate, spirit-led decisions about the biggest of things, and that's why we've been able to continue to move ahead in every area of our life. Well, I was just going to say, two people can't drive the car. Two people can't steer the car. But So we want the, the husband to, to be that one to take initiative, but we just want to know that we're going the right place. <laughs> exactly. 
I've never met a Christian lady anywhere that had any trouble submitting unto their husband as unto the Lord when the husband was loving her like Christ loved the church. Submission becomes sketchy and difficult when that husband is not accurate and honorable and, and right. Amen? So we're coming to the end of our time. We're, we are at the end of our time, but I had one more that I'll, I'll throw in, and that is men have a deep-seated need for verbal affirmation and praise. What brings God's presence? Praise. What is praise? It's a verbal articulation, whether it's words or, or in song, of the good deeds and the good things about God. And that brings God on the scene. You want your husband to come on the scene in a greater way? Cheer him. He's facing the world and the headwinds and the devil. If he's doing anything right for God, he's facing all those things with opposition. And uh, we should not want, I should not want at home, I, I shouldn't have to hear, hey, that w- God really used you today from a bunch of church members and never have it articulated anything like that from my spouse. I, I should know verbally that she rec- you did a good job, you advanced that project, you know, whatever it is, that there should be a, a, a verbal building up of that man. You, you do that and these other things, he's going to want to come home to you. Amen? Amen. So those are, those are big things. Wow, we've run out, of, run out of time today. So praise God. Did you get any nuggets or two out of that? Hope you did. Well, we'll pray and uh, then we'll, we'll be ready for our next day tomorrow, our last day. So Father, we thank you today for what we've heard and a lot of practical things, good things, but they're very, very real things. And I just bless this, uh, this group again today. I thank you that they're empowered to prosper in every arena. That as they leave this place, they're kept by the power of God. That the favor of God is on them big time. You're opening doors. You're blessing the work of their hands. You're meeting every need they have. So we thank you for that today, Father. We look forward, God, uh, to what you'll have for us tomorrow as we end the week. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, everyone. Have a great afternoon.